Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn more about us through zencare.org. is that we're never finished. There's no arriving. We just show up again and again and again. And just try that for a lifetime. Yet so much depends on how we are in time and space and the choices we make. We're in the 30 day of our practice period here at the Zen Center. Where about 460 people have decided to increase their practice, to dedicate their practice, to give a little bit more in how that they can serve their practice instead of what their practice can do for them such a great orientation. What can you do to serve your practice? Instead of, what is it doing for you? How is your meditation? I've been reflecting on this poem that I've loved since I was in middle school. By Robert Frost. And if you know the poem, I just encourage you to hear it, perhaps in a fresh way. And it's The Road Not Taken. I've been really considering it in terms of our practice. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry, I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other just as fair. And having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though, as for the passing there, had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. 
yet knowing how way leads on to way. I doubted I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Today I was speaking with a student this morning about the struggle of practice. It's just a struggle. When we really give ourselves to it, it's just a struggle. Dogen Zenji talks about it. It's just, it's hard. And yet we have to make a choice at some point. Or we can kind of stay at the crossroads for a lifetime. And I have a friend named Judd, and he talks about how our brains create about 80% of the same thoughts that we've had for decades. Well-worn paths. So you'll have the same thoughts today as you've had for decades. You'll think of things in the same way when you have fear or encounter difficulty. Or pain, sorrow, regret, joy. And yet, how will you participate in those things? Our practice, to me, is always pointing to how you'll participate in the specificity of the moment. Mazumi Roshi says, Tenkei Densan had a phrase on the Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva. The Heart Sutra begins thus, Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva doing deep prajna paramita. Tenke Zenji says that Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva is your name. Isn't that wonderful? I really love Tenke Zenji's expression. It is a very, very simple and clear-cut statement. And when you really take Avalokiteshvara as your name. When there is no separation between yourself and Avalokiteshvara, right there is the koan is in realization. Avalokiteshvara is doing deep prajnaparamita that deep prajnaparamita is the answer. When anything we say about it, it is always off. When there is even a teeny tiny discrepancy, 
between who I am and who I am. Between Avalokiteshvara and myself, it is off. What about that? Not even having a teeny tiny discrepancy between seeing yourself as Avalokiteshvara and all her sassiness. She's particularly sassy, that one. Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva is the awakening quality of compassion. Her name means the one who hears all the cries of the world and takes action. Her name is not, I have a lot of problems and nobody will understand me. Which is an important point. So to take on the having no discrepancy, we have to realize that we participate in the world and are part of the world. Do you do that? And how can you do that? How can you take her name as your name? Chota and I, last night, were seeing a friend's play. Which maybe everyone should see. It's called In the Body of the World. It's Eve Ensler's play about her experience of having cancer. and allowing her cancer to open her up into the pain of the world, as opposed to just staying in her story. Allowing the pain of having stage four cancer to connect her to the earth itself and the women suffering in particular in the Congo. How many of us would be that brave? To me, it's really about not having a discrepancy to get how easy it is to get caught in our problems and not open to the world. To get so caught in our heads that we forget that all beings get caught in their heads. To be howling in our own pain and realize that beings throughout time have howled in pain. And danced for joy with the relief. 
To me, it's also to remember that compassion never looks one way. <clears throat> From my point of view. In Buddhism, there is commonly thought of these six realms of existence. And in some forms of Buddhism, they're actually thought of as literal different realms. I think of them as mind states. It's so important to me to be attuned to where we are so that there's not that gap because that's how we move away from compassion. That's how we move away from calling ourselves Avalokiteshvara. We're in the God realm, the realm of earthly delights, the world of just enjoyment and pleasure. The land of beautiful temples, mansions. Wow. Fancy stores. In this realm, the Avalokiteshvara appears as a Buddha with a lute. And she teaches there, try not to be too proud of your joyful existence. Just enjoy your joy. But don't make a story on top of it. So when you're feeling really good, don't use it to separate. Use it to realize that all beings also enjoy joy. And offer that joy also to them. A realm many of us live in is the Asura realm of the fighting, 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 jealousy, discontent. Circles of fire evolving in opposite directions upon entering the realm. You see this in the news all the time. The fighting realm. Who's right? Envy. Reactivity. Blame. Where is compassion there? Someone sent me a little Trump Buddha in the mail, and uh, I love my little Trump Buddha. I kiss him every day. 
He's so cute. In this realm of the fighting demons, Avalokiteshvara appears in knight's armor. She looks like a warrior. She is a warrior. Carrying a sword. We don't often think of her as also being able to do that. That that also can be compassionate. To say no to things. To say some things are not acceptable. To enter the world of envy and hatred. The compassionate thing also is to be a warrior. To be really close to our own morality our own inner epic. What is really right and wise and compassionate? What truly is the medicine for divisiveness? This is the medicine of Avalokiteshvara. To me, it's the place that is so rich for practice. Think of who is the most difficult for you. Practice with them. Doesn't mean you have to like them. But how do you not create more division? More discrepancy? How do you become Avalokiteshvara there? That's ass-kicking practice. In the face of that which is so divisive, it's so seductive to become divisive yourself. To take away the humanity of the person that you think or people that you think are taking away humanity. So popular. So easy. But where is the compassion? Then there's the human realm, where some of us live, sometimes. And in this realm, Avalokiteshvara takes the form of Shakyamuni Buddha. I love the gender bending of that. But the historical Buddha is really a female form of taking it on. With the alms bowl and beggar staff. Trying to get us to pay attention to how brief our life is. to really get into the truth of old age, sickness, and death. Because supposedly, as humans, we can really contemplate that. 
when we're feeling human. And really look at how greed, anger, and ignorance are working in our lives. So the compassion of that, of taking a really good look. Also not typically how you hear compassion talked about. Facing your fear. Compassion. Then there's the animal realm, another place many of us live. In a world that lacks reason, what's that like? Of course, in my mind, we're cycling through these through the day without any shame or blame, but just kind of those moments when we turn, there's no reason we're just like an animal. <laughs> I heard uh, RuPaul talking the other day and talking about how most of the time he feels really peaceful, but except when he's on the highways and uh, in LA he's like I've become a beast so let's talk about that where do you become like a beast this morning I saw someone becoming a beast right in front of me in Starbucks because the person didn't make their drink to the right temperature and they lashed at this woman. My friend Sarah, who was just, you know, she works two full-time jobs. And she's like, all right, lady. <laughs> and the woman was yelling at her while checking her email on her phone. <laughs> the beast can look like that. In the world of animals who live in ignorance and stupidity, Avalokiteshvara teaches the animals to strive after the perfections of practice. In particular, dana paramita, generosity. Oh, remember, there's a person in front of you. How you give and receive to them matters. And then another favorite realm is the realm of the hungry ghosts. They just have extreme thirst and hunger insatiable. I always think of this as the compulsive realm. You just have to have it. And 
they're usually depicted with these giant mouths and lots of teeth and a little teeny, teeny tiny neck and really long arms, kind of like Gollum. And here, too, is the Avalokiteshvara also appears. Also teaching about generosity. And one of the beautiful images of heaven and hell was the hungry ghosts at a table. And they have really long arms that they can't get the food in their mouths. And there's this beautiful banquet in front of them. And they just can't eat it. And they're in hell. And then in the next room, there's a Avalokiteshvara is there with the hungry ghosts and teaching them how to feed each other with their long arms. Remembering how important our tribe is. How do you remember how important your tribe is? What you do for others? When Lori Anderson had, was grieving the loss of her dog, her teacher said to her, when she said, I'm just sad all the time. I don't know what to do. And he said, every time you're feeling sad, just give something away. And she said, well, then I would be giving things away all the time. And he said, so. How do we just give, give? <coughs> and the rasp realm is the, the world of hells. Extreme suffering, the place of retribution for the vices of anger and fear and hatred. Tormented. Have you ever felt tormented? It is like hell. Once a great samurai went to a Zen teacher and says, tell me now what heaven and hell are. And the Zen teacher looked at him and said, you piece of shit. And he was like, what? You're so stupid, I'm not going to tell you a single thing. And he became so enraged and so insulted that he took out his weapon and his sword and about to strike down the teacher for embarrassing him, humiliating him. And the teacher said, that's hell. <laughs> And he, at that, he dropped his sword and went to his knees and wept. And he said, that's heaven. 
when we get so caught up in our righteousness, our defensiveness, that's hell. In this realm, Avalokiteshvara shows up carrying water. There's some beautiful statues of her with pails. Cool water. You ever seen when sometimes when people get so worked up and they're kind of hysterical and they splash cold water on their face? In the old days, they would smack you. It's like, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> it's the teaching of equanimity. I know for myself, and I'm so caught up in the hell, there's not much equanimity. so beautiful to think about how compassion functions in different places. Sometimes it's a splash of water in the face. Sometimes it's a sword. Sometimes it's a teaching. I wonder how we each think of it. How it functions. What's actually useful? How can you allow your name to be Avalokiteshvara? And how can you hear the cries of the world and respond with great compassion? Thank you.